Good morning. Good to be here this morning. Right? <laughs> God, we just remove our agendas. Pull out an eraser and we just start to remove those things and we just say, Lord, let your spirit have his way here this morning. Let the Holy Spirit be able to guide us and move us and shift us and lead us into what we need to have revealed to us, to what needs to touch us, to what needs to change us here this morning. Because I really believe that changed people can change others. Changed people can change an atmosphere. And I stand here this morning, and I know that I've been changed. I look back over the last 10, 15 years of my life, and I know that I'm changed from where I was. And so this morning, Lord, I'm asking for that touch, that, that revelation, that experience, that encounter, whatever it is that would cause us to change, that would cause us to shift from one way of thinking into a true way of thinking that would cause us to shift from a path that we can make with our own hands to a path that you can lead us on. Lord, let the word, the light and the lamp unto our feet be illuminated here this morning. Let it be clear before us so that we would know where to go. I'm asking for a removal of our own idea and an installing of the ideas in the atmosphere of heaven. I'm asking for a freedom in worship this morning that we could enter into the capacity of our hearts. And that we wouldn't feel ashamed or guilty. Or I wish I did this or I wish I did that. But just a, a freedom this morning. A liberty in the Spirit of God. God, I'm asking even for a joy from heaven to come this morning. Something that would come and shake loose. All that would feel slow and covered in mud. I'm asking for a an explosion of faith this morning. Something that would churn in the depths of our heart that oh, we would just be so thankful and so grateful for you, the one that leads us. You, the one that has his hand upon us and under us and around us. That we could come here this morning and exalt you for who you are. The King of kings and the Lord of lords the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Almighty God, Emmanuel, God with us. I'm asking for an extreme grace and mercy here this morning that all that would come into this place would be able to enter in freely to the Spirit of God. Oh, we invite your presence here this morning. We just say there's nothing better there's nothing more joyful. There's nothing more fulfilling than the presence of God. And I'm asking for that. I'm asking for those things 
that might seem big for us right now, but I know they're so small to him. I'm asking for those things here this morning. In Jesus' name, let's worship God. Now, some of us are really entered in, and I love that. I really do. <laughs> but some of us, it's a challenge still. And that's normal. That happens. But I think I'm usually the one that would, would like kind of push ahead and just, let's just keep going. And whoever comes along, comes along. But I really feel that that isn't allowed this morning. Ooh. But there's something about a shift that God is trying to bring to his people. Why do some so easily connect with the presence of God and some it's much more difficult? There's a lot of reasons for that, but what we want to try to do right now is to create an atmosphere of faith, to create an atmosphere where it's a little easier to let go of the shore and to venture out into the ocean a little deeper. And so Jenna has, now I don't, like when she starts talking, here's my fear. I don't want us to just disengage and kind of turn away from where we're going just to listen. Continue with the posture that you have right now of actually worshiping and focusing on the Lord. And she's going to release a moment of life. And if you feel that thing, I want you to grab hold of it, okay? Jesus, I want to give you glory today. I want to give you glory today for the impossible that you have done in my, in the, my eyesight that I have seen in the natural. As a kid, God, I used to cry out to you and say, will you ever heal my brother? It's impossible. There's no cure. There's no cure for diabetes. When have you ever heard of a cure for that? But God, you have made a way for him and you have answered even the prayers that I have had that are impossible. And he is a new man. And when I look at him, he is a new man. Thank you, Jesus. If you don't know, my brother had a transplant on Wednesday and he got a new pancreas and a new kidney and they are working and he is healed. He is healed and he was dying. He was dying a very slow and painful death over the last five years. But I can say today there's so much more to go, but he is healed and he is a new man. So I need to give glory to God today. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you have done more than you said you were gonna do. You have done more than you said you were gonna do. Oh, and you are going to do more. You are going to do even more than I can think or that I can imagine. And so I speak into the 
I'm going to get Laverne to come here, and we've heard this many times before, but she's going to tell us about Amarissa. Lord, I say that you are good. I say that you are a good, good God. I say that you are a God who knows the beginning from the end. I say that you are a God who is above all of our thoughts and all of our beliefs and all of our doubts and all of our fears. You are a God who is able to do more. You're a God who is able to do more than anything we've ever thought or hoped for or imagined or believed. You are a God who is a good God. You hear the cries of our heart. You hear the cries of our heart and you love to answer those cries, God. You love to answer the cries and the desires of our heart because you love us. You are a good, good father. You are a good father. And I hear you answering the desires of our heart. I hear you answering the cries of our heart. I hear you saying, yes, yes, my desire is to give that to you. My desire is to fulfill that desire because I put that desire in you. I put that desire in you so that I could say yes to that desire. I am a good God and I will answer that desire. I will answer that desire. Scripture says this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. There's a moment that you have that God took you from one thing and brought you into another. Just come right up here that you want to share it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about it for a second, but I'm, what are we trying to do right now? There's, there's a moment that happens. There's a moment where things change. There's a moment where they open. It's like at one moment you're like covered in mud and it feels like you can't move at all and then something happens suddenly and you're free. I remember when Amarissa was like the first, you hear the prophecies and it's scary because I remember guys standing up here and prophesying over Perry and Laverne that they're going to have a kid. And it's like, yeah, it hasn't happened yet. And you feel like, ugh. And then God suddenly does something. And that moment right there is what I'm after right now. That's what I know if we were to actually live in that moment. The way we see things would be completely different. We wouldn't have to rely on the things of man's hands. We could rely on the strength and the power of heaven because we would understand a little bit more, actually, eternity. Oh. Uh, as a lot of you know, I suffer. I've been raised in fear and had a lot of fear my whole life, and my son decided he had to get a crotch rocket. Well, I was terrified. I, all I could do is, oh, no, God, what am I going to do? I'm going to be sick. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I prayed and prayed and prayed, and one day I was out at Mom and Dad's out in the field and praying, and it lifted. He lifted it off my shoulder, said, I'll take care of him. And it was gone. I never feared again. It would try to come back on, be like, no, the Lord told me. 
and he drives that thing and I am free from that fear so he can lift it. He can free us from our fears and our anxieties and our worries. Two things that came up um, whenever I think about God's goodness is um, Derek and I were with our family were living in Tajikistan and Nathan had gotten um, diarrhea. Anyway, he was fading and um, we were living in a village and the war had started in the city and we knew that we had to get medicine for Nathan. And God had arranged it that the that in the building that we used to live in in the city, um, there was a doctor. And so my husband knew he had to get to the doctor, so he did. And um, the, But the war had started. And he got to the doctor, he got the medicine, and you can see that Nathan didn't die. He's here with us. We praise God. And later on, several years later, it became apparent that we couldn't stay in Tajikistan because the government had sorted out that we were spies and that we needed to leave. And we had $300 in our possession. And the reason I know that is because in that country, there was no banks like we have here. And you had to get people to carry your money in. And there was no one who was going to come. And we knew that the government was done with us and we had to leave the country. And we had $300. By the time we left, a week later, we had $20,000. We had enough money for our flights back to Canada, and we had enough money that we could begin to start a life back here. And I give praise to God because he's not a small God. And sometimes the numbers change, and we get nervous about the numbers. But our God is the same. And I bless you, God, for the way that you have done so many things for us. And I've asked you, Lord God, that you would forgive us for the times that we question your goodness when you are ready to pour out your grace upon us. Don't, remember I said, don't disengage from this. If you don't, if you've never had one of those moments where things shifted for you, this is what we need to pray for right now. God, I need an encounter like that. I'm getting people to come up here to show you that it happens. This happens. And we remember the times it happens. That's why God kept saying to Israel, remember this and remember this and remember this and remember this. It's because he knew what we were like. <laughs> we forget so quickly. Oh, God, where are you? Do you not remember that I gave you manna yesterday morning? Do you not remember I gave you meat the day before? Like, come on. And so I'm getting people to remind us that there is a moment. And if you haven't had that, this is what you're praying for right now. God, I want one of these moments. Oh, I want one of these. Um, I'm not sure if all of you knew, but about six years ago, we lost our business. Our marriage was divorce court. It was awful. It was the darkest time of our lives. But it's been six years and it's been a journey and God has brought us probably two thirds out of debt with hard work. Our marriage has never been stronger. And it's been discouraging along the way when the enemy tries to give you lies, but you stand firm, you believe the truth, you believe the promises and you hang on. His word to us during this time was hold on, hold on. So if you have a marriage that's kind of shaky, if you're in debt, if you've lost your job, there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. 
So um, for probably the last six to ten years, I've been trying to save up for a house and buy a house. And it seemed like after we got married, Jackie and I could never ever have more than ten grand in the bank at any one time. Things would just happen. And then one day we just started asking God, why is this? And that week we got $10,000. It was just crazy. And then uh, like six, that was like last year Christmas around. Six months later, we put $80,000 down on a house. I just give you praise and a glory and honor, Father. Father, you are a good, good Father. I trust you with my son who's in the psychiatric ward after trying to kill himself. I trust you that you have him. You have him and that nothing, nothing is going to take him from this earth. You are in charge of him. I commit his very life, his very being to you, and I declare my dependency, my trust. My trust is in you alone, for you are a good, good God. You care deeply for what we care about. Your word says to cast our cares upon you because you care for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Six years ago, I was a completely different person. I was sick and I was dying. I was fearful of everything, everything. I knew, I knew that God had called me to do something and I couldn't even think of what it could possibly be. I was just, I was bound up in fear. I was literally physically dying and God healed me. And then he started to bring me out of the fear. He did that when I was able to say, God, I'm gonna praise you no matter what you do. I'm gonna praise you because you're God and I'm not. And that's when everything shifted. So if you can't make your brain think of all the good things that God has done. I just want you to encourage you, choose to praise him because he's God and you're not. And all those things, those great and mighty things which he has done that you can't think of, they will come to your mind and you will have more things to pray for and you will have breakthrough. So I know what it's like to sit in a doctor's office and have them tell you that your child's going to be completely scarred. And I can know what it's like for them to tell you he'll never read, and he may never walk, and he may never be able to do all the things that other kids are going to do, and that the chances are so high that he's going to die before he even sees his fifth birthday. I know what it's like. But I also know what it's like <laughs> to stand in my living room with no hope and for God to tell me, just throw your Bible down and stand on it because I told you, you could stand on my word. And I know what it's like to stand on that Bible and for God to change everything completely around. 
That same kid stands here today. He can walk, he can talk, he can read, he can play music, he can understand, and he's not scarred, and he's not dead. He has life and life abundant. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, come on, let's keep going with that part. God, we thank you. Can we rejoice in someone else's victory? Can we rejoice in someone else's triumph? There's things that happen all the time, and I know not all of us have seen the, the, the revelation of the, of the promise, but I say that it's happening all around us. Can we rejoice in that other person's triumph? like it's our own can we thank him it's like it's our own child God bring us to that place I want to just make mention of the moment in my life that Jesse's talking about it was about uh, 15 or maybe 18 years ago and I was, um, I was before the Lord, and uh, by myself. And what I had in me was an unwillingness to let God say to me whatever He wanted to say. You know what I mean? Like I struggled with it quite a bit. Like I'd love to throw open the doors and say, God, say to me whatever you want. But I was, and this might, may, this might not work for you, but I was viewing God as a father. And I had a really awesome father. We had a really good family. But if I said to my dad, say to me whatever you want to say, he's probably going to send me to do something. You know, we grew up on a farm and there's lots to do. And he was just waiting for his boys to come to this stage where they would say to him, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I don't know if any of us really ever reached that stage. But I was before the Lord and I wanted to open him up. For me, what I thought God was going to say to me mostly had to do with evangelism because I came from a really strong, strong um, evangelistic uh, background in my, in my ministry background. Anyway, uh, after some time, some quite a long time, I finally completely threw open the doors and said to God, say to me, Whatever you want to say to me. And I was scared stiff that in an hour I was going to be down in the bar in Stoney standing on a table preaching the gospel. Because that's what he's going to say. But what he said to me was, I love you. Not in the way a father puts his arm around the shoulder of his son and says, I love you. Not in that way in the way that a guy stood in the moonlight with you and looked in your eyes 
that one time that maybe happened in your whole life. And he looked in your eyes and said, I love you. And your knees went weak and you couldn't catch your breath and you were blown away and everything inside of you seemed to melt together. In that way, God said to me, I love you. You need to understand that. It wasn't that he threw his, my, his arm around my shoulder and said, oh, you're awesome, I love you. It was a whole different thing. It was a different thing. It was, I love you. And it wasn't said in words that I heard in my ears, obviously. It wasn't even said in words that I heard in my spirit. But it was, it was brought into my spirit in a way that, that absolutely melted any resistance I had towards that lover. And I completely gave myself to him that night. And nothing has been the same since then. You've got to understand that when that... When, when the lover of your spirit says to you in that way, I love you, that spirit that you have inside of you bears that mark for the rest of your life. And you can cover it up or you can screw up. You can do whatever you want. But it's there. That's what Jesse's saying. If we could live in that, if we could live eternally in the moment when he branded that onto my spirit, we could live in that invigorating passionate desire that he put into me that day. So Lord, we desire to live in that moment. That moment where you spoke into us or that moment where you brought us to that place that will never be the same again. We desire to walk into that moment, Lord. I'm actually going to share. I'm going to tell you my story. I don't, I usually don't do this. <laughs> it starts back when my father was um, doing his own thing. He had me when he was 30, unsaved. His brother was saved. Long story short about that part. Hadn't talked to him for six months. And, uh, my father was sitting in the living room. My mom had got saved when she was pregnant with me. And he's sitting in the living room. I'm two at this time, so it's been a span. He's sitting in the living room, and he's looking into the fire. He's making a fire. It's cold on the island. And he says, I don't want to go to hell. And he never really thought about that before. Hadn't talked to his brother for six months to a year or something. As soon as he thought that, there was a knock on the door. And it was his brother with his whole family. <laughs> Weird, right? Well, opens the door. <laughs> I'm gonna lose. I don't even, I wasn't even, I was two at this time. I don't even remember. He starts weeping. And gives his heart to the Lord right at that moment. Go on another year, and I got incredibly sick horribly sick um, I died I was clinically dead for about 20 minutes my mom performed CPR on me and I came back <laughs> I remember being on a stretcher leaving the front of my house at 3 weird Fast forward a few more years and 
I'm like 12, and I enter an abusive circumstance. I was sexually abused for two years. What's this all about? At that moment, my eyes were open to something I didn't understand, but I could see. I could see clearly. Horrible situation I was in, but I could see things beyond. I could look at adults and I would know what they were feeling. I could be in a church and I could know that there was strife between pastors. And I would say these things like there's something going on. Sure enough, church split after church split. What is, what does that mean? I was done with that stuff. Clearly, something was meant to kill me. Clearly, something was coming to try to destroy and snuff my life out before it really began. So there's an enemy that wanders through us, even right now, and he whispers to us that says, you will never see this breakthrough. You will never see the revelation. You will never see what these people have. You will never touch it. And I know I can feel it in the room right now because I was so in tune with it at one time because I believed the same thing it told me. This is dark, but it gets darker. As I decided to shut off from everything spiritual in terms of the church, because I never saw anything good come out of it, we just, I knew what it was like at home. It was horrible. And then we had to put on this fake thing to come to church every Sunday? Why? What's the point of that? God's training me. He's speaking something to me in this time, and I'm seeing something that I didn't understand and, frankly, grabbed it the wrong way. But I see this, and I say, I'm done with this stuff. I'm done. I'll say before I entered that abusive situation at 12 years old, I prophesied two things over my life. I said, one day I will be a pastor. (laughs) 12. The next thing is I'm going to be married at 21. And both those things happened. (laughs) 12 years old. Prophesying over my life. So I go through this time and I'm about 18, I left home because I was done. Yet there's something spiritual inside of me. Something was looking and searching. Needless to say, I was wrapped up in substance abuse horribly. I remember one time there was this station wagon of a family. No dad, just a mom and like six kids in the station wagon pulling up to the house because we sold things. And it was Wednesday and she got her welfare check and she dropped the whole thing on what we had to offer. And I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this. And I remember I was so searching for something that I, would, I got heavily into a cult. 
I started seeing psychics. The first, first one I saw, I sat down at the table, and she says, there's this white beam of light coming into you. And she says, you can do what I can do. Weird, right? Little did she know. So I go through this and I'm spinning deeper and deeper into a depression. I'm spinning deeper and deeper into this idea that I have been sent to the earth to destroy the earth. Serious. Enter <laughs> my sister. A couple years younger than me. She, I forget what happened. It was my dad's 50th birthday. And they went to Hawaii, my mom and dad. And so, you know, we're, me and, she's like, I don't know, 17, I'm 19 or something. Maybe 20, I can't remember. But I'm living my life, and she had just come back to the Lord. She kind of ventured her own way, but not nearly where I was going. So she'd come back to the Lord, and I remember I was at the house, and she looks at me and goes, Jesse, you're going to hell. <laughs> she was mad, too. You're going to hell. I was like, whatever. I'm not going to hell. I don't even think there is one. And it was December. And her birthday is December 9th, and there was a Saturday night service that happened on that night every Saturday for young adults. And it was great. It was like later on, like there's 200 young adults that would come every Saturday and, and worship together. It was, it was great. And she said, okay, for my birthday present, all I want is you to come with me to this thing. That's it. That's all I want. And I said, well, I've sat through so many services. I've sat through so many youth services. I've sat through so many of these things. It's going to be so easy. I'll sit through it, and she'll be off my back for a little while longer. And I'll just keep going the way I'm going. I can do this. That day came, that, that, that day that Saturday rolled around, December 9th, year 2000. And I worked an hour out of town. I usually worked like until like an hour before the service started. For some reason, my boss comes to me and says, oh, you can go an hour early. I'm like, uh, I was hoping I was gonna have to work late. I remember the guy, me and him were really good friends and he said, I hope like you're the same when you come back. Joking. And I said, yeah, don't worry about that. So I get there and I pick up my sister and I pick up a bunch of her friends. I'm like, I guess I'm doing this. I had $26 in toonies in my pockets because I worked as a waiter and in restaurants and so I always had toonies on me all the time. But that was all I had. Like I had paid all my bills, that was it. That was everything. There was a party later on that evening. I'm like, this $26 is going to that. And so we get to this event and I 
get in there, and the first thing is it's dark. It's like I've never been in a church that's dark before. There's like lights, and then there's like a band that plays like electric guitars. I'm like, man, I've never seen that either. I've heard of it, but I've never seen that. And there's a lot of people my age. I'm like, oh, weird. And so I'm standing in there for a bit, and my sister's like singing and doing stuff, and I'm like, all right. And I'm standing like in the middle of the building. It was a longer building. And I'm standing like in the middle of it. And there's people all around me, and I just keep hearing, Jesse, Jesse. And I'm like, what? Then I'll be, Jesse. And I'll be like, over here. And I'm like, what the heck? What is going on? Like, they, they must have set something up. That's what I'm actually thinking. They set something up for me. They're all like whispering my name because they're trying to do something to me. And the service goes on and on and on and I, I don't really remember what happened. I just remember it being like, oh, this isn't horrible. But I was kind of in turmoil because I just kept hearing my name. And then it's time for the guy to speak and do his speaking thing. And I was going to go sit at the back because that's where I sat and everything, even things I liked. My sister grabs me by the hand and like sits me like right in the front there. <laughs> I never sat in the front row of anything. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll sit here. As soon as I sit down, something in me says, run. Run and never look back. Run, run right now out the back. I couldn't move. I wanted to run. I wanted to, to run. But my legs literally wouldn't move. I could not muster them to move. And the guy talks. And I, I couldn't even tell you what he talked about. I have no idea. I'm just in turmoil. I mean, like a cold sweat at this point because something was churning inside of me and I had no idea what it was. Something was speaking to me all around and I did not know what was happening. I never experienced anything like this before and this, at this magnitude. And then the guy starts to give an altar call and he says, <clears throat> all right, I'm going to give an altar call, blah, 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 altar call, altar call, altar call. I made it. Didn't put my hand up. Sweet. <laughs> Whew. It started to feel better. And he said something I did not expect. I'm going to do it again. Really? Who does that? And he says, I'm going to say that there's another person here that needs to turn the needs to turn the life back and you've been running for so long. You've touched things, but you've never grabbed them. And he did the altar call and you know what? I made it through. Yes. See, that one was closer because I felt like almost putting up my hand there. But I made it. Thanks. Oh, yeah, I'm almost out of here. And guess what happened? He did it again. And this time, he's like, this is it. This is the moment. 
I'm going to count down from 10. And this is your time to actually step out of something. This is your time to step out and grab something for once. I don't know if, I, I don't remember if this is actually what he said. I'm just entering into something. So go with this, okay? Because there's a, there's a breakthrough that's about to happen. And he starts counting backwards and he says, 10. And I'm telling you right now, I am terrified beyond belief. What does this mean for my life? Everything going on in my life that I had up to that point was being evaluated. It was being put under the spotlight. What is this? Am I wrong? Have I left something that I needed to embrace? Have I missed the mark? Is there something more? Because I'll tell you right now, the thing I wanted the most in my life was something real was something that was like, oh, it would consume me. And that's why I entered so heavily into substance abuse because I was like, I need to be consumed by something. And it would always be fleeting time after time. It would leave me empty. It would leave me abandoned. And I said, I'm sitting there in this moment, this second of time, yet it's unfurling years of my life. I'm like, oh, what have I missed? Nine, and I'm terrified. I'm, I'm like, I'm literally sweating cold drops of sweat, freezing cold, but sweat is pouring off of me. And he says, eight. I couldn't even make it to the end. I just remember sitting there and I reached out and I grabbed my sister's hands. And as soon as I did, I broke physically and I fell on my face literally like this, weeping, say, God, I don't deserve this. I just don't deserve it. Oh, what is happening to me? And I wept and I wept and I wept. I wept uncontrollably. I'm like, I was saying I didn't deserve it, but I knew I did for some reason. I knew that I was meant to have this. I actually felt free. And I don't know how long that moment lasted, but the truth and the revelation and the wisdom and the, the mysteries that he unlocked to me in that moment, I promise you, and I'm not lying, I'm still unpacking it to this day. It was like, oh, it was like something that is still being installed. It was something that's still being revealed to me right now. I can say it was the first time I truly heard God speak. And as I'm weeping there, like tears, like filling the, the, the ground in front of me, he says my name, Jesse. And I knew that the whole time before it was him talking to me. He says, I've called you. I've called you to break walls. I've called you to break through these things because that's what I've prepared you for. And all the things that have up to this point, I'm removing them from you. And I'm going to give you a life and something so amazing that when you touch it, when you grab hold of this thing, it will literally cause walls to burst into dust before you. 
And I remember being absolutely undone. Undone. God, would you undo us? You see, there's things that we've tied ourselves to. Even in light of recent events, we've tied ourselves to things thinking that's the answer. But I'm saying that there's a greater answer. There's an answer that's far deeper, that far more eternal than something that is so temporal. There's a cloak that we've agreed with and it's full of deception and lies. And that cloak is about to be removed. Not because of something physical that's happened in the earth, but because there's been a change of heart in the people of God. And that is the only reason. But a cloak of deception is about to be removed in this day. I was wearing one for many years. I was wearing one as I'm pouring drops of cold sweat from my forehead. But as I broke free and embraced something that was before me, as I fell forward, that thing was ripped from me. And for the first time, a cloak and a mantle of truth was placed on my back. What are we holding on to? And what are we refusing to reach out and grab? There's an undoing that must come. Because we've done things up. We've tied things up a certain way. And he wants to undo it. And while I sat there that day, creating a pool of tears, it looked ugly, but it was beautiful. And I want to say this morning that that same freedom is available right now. That same freedom that I experienced, that same encounter, that same touch that touched me so severely, that changed my life from that moment. I never went back to drugs. I never went back to those things. I was turned. I was changed. I went back to work that Monday morning and I was different. And as soon as I walked in, the guy knew. He's like, what happened? He looked at me and he could see. I later met with the same psychic lady before and she said, wow, something's changed. And I said, yes, I've met the white light. And I told her that what she was encountering and touching was actually going to cause her to die and that she would not be allowed to reign in that region again and you know what she never spoke again there was something that changed there was something that awoke in me that was there but I couldn't quite grasp there's a moment that I'm after there was a moment, there was something there in that, that, that time that changed. 
And I'm saying, I'm going to prophesy it over us right now. And please embrace this. That that moment, then that change is about to hit. It's about to hit us in a way that we didn't know was even possible. Derek spoke this morning about Columbus, and I've spoken about him many times. But he was headed towards a land called India. And he hit a land called, well, that would be called America and the North Americas. And he thought he was actually hitting it because he called the people he saw Indians. And he thought, hey, this is India, but it wasn't. But the thing is, is that he unlocked something. He unlocked something unknowingly, but he unlocked something that was meant to grow, that was meant to revive, that was meant to flourish. And say what you want to say about it now, but that isn't the point. The point is that we're meant to grow, we're meant to flourish, we're meant to reach a land. And I'm saying that maybe it's not the quote-unquote India that we thought. But whatever land that is, whatever land that we're meant to discover, whatever land it is that we're meant to populate and to cause to flourish is the land that the Lord would set before us. How do you set out on that journey? What is it that causes you to wake up one morning and feel like normal? And then the next day you wake up and say, ah, there's got to be another land somewhere. What happened in that time frame between then and now? The testimonies you heard this morning, there was a time when everything looked dark and dismal, and then there was a time that it was free and light. What happened in that in-between moment? What happened in that time that we're meant to embrace? Because we're meant to embrace that. We're meant to embrace that moment in between. Is it that it's outside of time? Is it that it's outside of something temporal? I don't know. But what I do know is that when people embrace that middle part, when people embrace that change, things change. People are, they just can't remain the same. Situations can't remain the same. It just can't remain the same. And so what is it that we're meant to grab in that moment? I don't know, but I know it's there. I wish I could put my finger on it and tell us, hey, that's it. But I don't know. I just know it's there. And so we walk around on this road and we say, hey, this is hard. This is difficult. But I know there's something there. I'm going to pray for all of us because we need it right now. Please just, I know if, if you're on either side of that, I know, I know, I know, I know. Especially if you're on the, the lower end, it seems. And all you see is an uphill battle, I know. I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say that I haven't gone, had to go uphill again. I mean, that's kind of the thing. You go uphill more and more and more. What if you feel that way of like, I want to give up. I don't want to do this. It's Something isn't right. God is trying to shift us. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Listen. Would you make a connection with heaven? 
the Father on the throne and the Son at his right hand. Would you draw us to that place where we can encounter you? right now in your own hearts. You can say it out loud. You can say it. Just make it true. Say, God, I want to encounter you. I want to encounter you. I need to encounter you. It's like that in-between moment it's like you're standing on the mountaintop for a moment and you can see everything. It's like being in a plane or having a bird's eye view of a problem. And rather than the, the valley that <laughs> it looks like when you're standing in the middle of it, from a different perspective, from like up above, looking down, everything looks flat for one, but also looks beautiful with the changing colors and the changing tones of light. You can see it in a different way and rather than it looking difficult and arduous to go, it just looks different. And that moment is what I believe the scripture talks about when it says glory to glory. I really believe that. And if you've never experienced even one of those glorious moments where you look down and it's like, wow, everything's beautiful, everything makes sense, then I'm asking the Lord right now to speak to you that you would have one of those moments. So Lord, right now, where people are feeling like they've never had that encounter, I'm, I'm saying let that come the same way, the same grace that you poured out of me. Those 16, almost 16 years ago, would you pour that out on this people? I don't know why he chose to do it that way. I don't know. I don't know, but he just did it. And I believe he can do it again. I believe he can do it for any one of us. I believe he can do it across the face of the earth in whole people groups in a moment. God, would you give us that grace once again? To touch something real that, oh, it would just be so fulfilling. Just reach out with your heart. Reach out with your spirit. And like, it doesn't have to look a certain way. I'm not concerned with that. I'm just concerned with you as an individual. 100% saying, yes, I want that. Can you feel that, like, as we start to agree, I can see a percentage meter start to climb. We're about 70% right now, and I can feel it start to rise. Just believe he can do this. He did it in me, and I don't know why, but he did it. Oh, loose the chains, oh God. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've gone through a massive change. Even recently, he's doing this to me. And it's, I'm actually liking it now. <laughs> it's just funny. What I'm saying, he's giving us a land. He's giving us a place to go. He's giving us a place to actually 
that same moment, like that moment for me was awesome and I loved it, but I knew it wasn't meant to end right there. I knew it was meant to impact something. It was impact a world. And our stuff is the things that you're going to encounter, and I'm, I believe it. Like I know that you're going to encounter something significant in your life. It's not about the reach of it. Because we start to measure numbers and then we get into the trap that we were just being let out of. What I'm talking about is that percentage. If it's two and it's a hundred, it's better than a million with three. You see that difference? It's better. And so I want to break something off of us right now that I feel has crept into our midst. And I know that I've, and I've had to repent of this because I think I've perpetuated this to some degree, but where you feel that your calling and what you're called into isn't high enough or it feels like it isn't high enough or think that someone has said to you it isn't high enough, I break that off in the name of Jesus. And I say that whatever God has called you into in this day is high enough. If you're doing it with the fullness of your heart. You could be like, you could be a president or you could be like a janitor in some warehouse somewhere. If the president's doing it at 3% and the janitor's doing it at 100, according to what God wants, which one's better? I'm going to go with the janitor because there's something in that guy that is 100% for what God wants for him, for what God wants on the earth. That's what I'm in. And I know that that is coming to us. I believe it. So don't discount yourself. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't think that someone's telling you that what you see God releasing is too small because it isn't. But it does come back to your heart and it does cause something that you need to evaluate. Am I doing this for me or the idea that I have? Or am I doing this because God has released something to me? That's a different topic for a different day, but that's something you have to think about as well. The point is, right now, he wants us to touch something. And so God, we reach for you. We reach out and we say that there is none like you. Join with me. If you don't know the words, just hear the words that are coming from my heart. This is just from my heart. And just agree with them. If you want to like pray in tongues, if you want to sing out, if you want to stand, you're free to do that right now. God, we reach out. I reach out for you. I reach out for the place beyond the courts. I reach into the depths of who you are. I reach in to the very churning center of the core of life. I see the churning light. I see the light that would seem inapproachable to many. Yet I follow a figure. I follow a figure into the inapproachable light. And I say, I don't know the shadowed figure at this moment, but I follow anyway. I say, he's making a way for me to enter the unapproachable light. And as I draw closer to the center, and as I draw closer to the shadowed figure, I realize that it's a lion and a lamb. 
and a man with a crown and many crowns and a white robe covered in blood yet he shields me from something and he allows me to enter into something much greater he's creating a doorway and an opening for me to enter into this fire that is all-consuming and should cause and bring me death and pain but as I follow in his shadow and follow closely behind him I feel the exact opposite I feel life and pleasure And he's creating a doorway for us to enter in to the depths of God. He's creating a doorway for us to enter into the fullness of an encounter with the King of Kings. He's embracing the Father. And I'll tell you, it's incredibly beautiful. With my feeble language, I tried to describe it as orange and blue and green and red and, oh, colors I've never even seen before, yet terrifying, yet completely inviting because of the figure that I'm following. And you see now, I turn around and I see a multitude standing behind me, and I see many, 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 many people of all races, all races speaking in many different languages I can hear them now start to lift up their voice and they're singing Hosanna they're singing King of Kings and Lord of Lords they're saying great and wonderful is our almighty God oh and it's oh it becomes deafening yet where there should be fear there isn't fear there's life and people start to run towards the center. And I see the lion and the lamb, the king with the crowns. He smiles and he says, come, follow me. <laughs> and as we run deeper and deeper and deeper into the center, Everything starts to change around us. Everything starts to change around us. Where I once saw a V of people in a line coming in, I now see a circle. There's a circle forming and it starts to, to uh, I want to say like, in a walk in a circle but it isn't it's more of a sphere actually it's a rolling around of a ah i can't i don't have the word a mixing a growing together a, a fusing of one thing and it's spinning around it's spinning around the center it's like it's like the center is there and we're gathered around this thing it's like there's another step to go. It's like there's another moment to enter into. And I hear the Lord saying right now, I hear a sound and it's the Lord and he's speaking. He's saying now is the time to enter fully into the center. He said, I've not meant for you to spin around the outside. 
You've got to a certain point and you, you're great. I love it that you're there. But I've called you to be in the middle. I've called you to be in the center. And the day is coming and I can see it now. Things falling, shooting into the middle, like falling stars. Beautiful, everyone flaring into a ray of brilliance, shooting into the center. There's, a, oh, and it starts to cascade in a waterfall of just infusion. The color is changing. It's changing to a blue, like a pure white. A white that I've never seen. It's almost blue. Like it, it's, it's shifting into something in gold. Like there's gold in it. I know this is the transformation. This is the transforming moment. And I can see it now. This is what's happening. And rather than shrinking down, something is starting to expand. Yet it's paused for a moment. It's hesitated. Why? Lord, reveal to us. Is it a timing thing? Is it something that we're waiting for in time? Or is it a moment that you're waiting for? Ask for a revelation right now. Say, God, why have we paused at this moment? Why have we stopped right here? What is it we're meant to see? What is it that... We've neglected in this time. Believe me when I say to you, I feel your faith in the room when you start to reach out for these things. I know for some it's like, whoa, this is way out there. But as you reach and like allow it to happen, I feel faith rise and I see more clearly. Let me read it. It's still paused, but I'm, I'm going to explain something that this is something I've never seen before. This is something I've never entered into before. It might sound like something I've entered into before, but I'm telling you right now, it's something I've never entered into before. This is a moment. This is the, oh, there it is. the moment the moment we talked about in the beginning this is it I still can't explain it but there's something that these people are in right now and they're starting to grow once again I don't know if they've allowed their faith to, to be expanded but something's starting to grow more and more and more and more all I can explain it is the people inside the center have gotten bigger. Things are becoming more defined. I can see faces in this thing. I can see faces of all races and all nations. Young and old. And I can see them speaking something yet I can't hear what they're saying. 
I heard one say, now is the time. Now is the time. And so I just speak what it has said. Now is the time. I don't know what the time is for now, but if you like something hit you in there, just say, now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. I see. <laughs> it's the moment of creation. It's, <laughs> it's the earth. I see it now. It's formed into the earth. I see it. The moment was when creation came. He said, let there be light, and things happened. Now is the moment of creation. I see trees and mountains springing up. God, and I can see the center expanding and something surrounding the earth. Something beautiful and gold surrounding the earth. And I just want to say that the glory of the Lord is surrounding the earth right now. You might think it's dark. You might think it's traumatic. You might think there's things horrible going on, which there is. But His glory surrounds the earth. And it's beautiful. I see people free. All around, there's things like prison camps and like concentration camps. Yet there's people free all around them. And you know what they're doing? They're going and releasing the doors to those prisons. They're going to release the doors in those prisons. And I see now a mandate, a scroll of heaven with writing on it. Tons of writing and it's rolling out into the earth. And people, <laughs> the multitude was at the beginning, they're coming along and they're eating the scroll. They're biting. They're like, it's a big line and people are chewing it up. Okay. <laughs> as they go out, as they filled their, their bellies with this word, with this scroll. They're like reaching into their mouths and planting seeds all over the place that are quickly growing up into mighty trees. Mountains are springing up and rivers from the mountains. They're affecting the world around them. 
We've literally seen a picture of salvation. We've seen how the earth is to be restored. There was no way to enter the center. There was no way to enter into the fire of God. Yet Jesus came. And he made a way. So that if any race and tongue and nation would follow him in, they would be allowed to enter into the center. But it didn't end there. God brought that back to the creation and said, I will restore the earth. I will restore this place with these people that followed my son into the center. And now is the time. We need to declare that this morning.
I want to say now is the time, but we receive and we put it on. Put it on this morning. All right. I really want us to put it on. I really, really do. So really evaluate that. Really search in your heart like, God, I don't want to miss this. Now is the time, and I want to embrace the fullness of that right now. God, I just speak over myself. I'm supposed to do this publicly. I just say to myself, and I just say, Lord, like, now is the time. I know it. You've prepared these last 60, well, you've prepared all of it, all 36 years and beyond before that. Like, I remember the things that I learned about my family. God, like, from like 700 years ago, the scripture of my family is that you shall abide under the shadow. And it was my favorite verse always. And I just discovered a few years ago, God, I thank you for creating something that I could enter into. Like, I thank you. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm related to the guy on the $5 bill. So, Lord, I thank you for setting up a line. Something that seems so, like, abstract and weird to bring me to this moment right now just to say to you, I embrace the time. Now is the time. I want to enter fully into what you have and the land that you've prepared. I enter into it. Just another one more minute. Just confirm that you've grabbed this truth. Confirm that you've grabbed it in your own heart. I can actually feel the faith really, really high. I enter it. I'm not going to fight against it anymore. I realize the struggle is in my own flesh. You want more for me and I'm going to enter in. Amen. Amen. Ah, seal this, Lord. Take that hand of truth and just touch it. I'm looking forward. I look forward. I remember, but I look forward. I mean, the prophetic stream is so rich. I mean, I could prophesy over every single person in here. But it's, oh, it's going to be an overwhelming fountain of life. And again, like, <laughs> the six other days a week. That's what I'm talking about. Not just the two hours here. Like the six other days of the week. Like, can you imagine being free to release that thing that God has placed in you all the time fully? 
Imagine driving like a train better than anyone's ever driven a train. I know, how do you do that? But there's something, I don't know, it just, there's something about it. That like, even like, like driving a truck, <laughs> there's just something about it that's like, oh, that's beautiful. And I don't know why. Fixing someone's toilet, Derek doesn't know either. Fixing someone's toilet, like, it just doesn't make sense. But there's something beautiful about it. Like, Henry fixing a car. There's just something that when we touch it, I can see it turning to gold. And not like the curse, like the Midas touch, but like something of life that whatever, whatever you're pouring into, it's like a fountain that just doesn't stop. And I know there's things that are mundane and boring about day to day, but imagine if it wasn't that way. And you could actually just like enter back into that moment that we talked about all day. Just whenever, like when you're like, oh, I'm driving a truck again and it's snowing. But you just enter that moment again and you're like, oh, it's beautiful. Like that. And when we come here on Sunday for two hours, all we do is just thank God for the six other days and we rest in that presence. Imagine those times. Like I think about this. It's like, oh. Like <laughs> Steph with like three kids that are sick and like cranky. Just being able to touch that moment and everything's beautiful. Even when there's puke and literally poo everywhere. And you're like, oh, this is beautiful. Like it just doesn't make sense, but there's something I grabbed. That's what I'm talking about. And why? Why would we? Why? Just so we can feel good about ourselves? No. So that we could come together as a family and truly worship God in the way He deserves. Because He's like, you know what? All week, you know how much it hit the fan during the week. I'm just so glad that we get to come together and worship. Oh, it's just amazing. And not like some fake, and we've all seen it. On top and rising, like, oh, ugh. Ugh. Just trying to convince ourselves day in, day out that we're supposed to be happy. But no, I'm talking about actually drinking from the fountain, the river of life. Jesus said to that woman, he said, hey, if you drank from me, you'd never be thirsty again. There's days I'm thirsty. There's days I'm like parched. Yet he said, no, you, you, you won't be. That's what I want. Imagine, oh, I just, I can imagine a lot, but, and the Bible says that he can do exceedingly abundantly beyond what I can imagine. I can imagine a lot. And so Lord, I just, I just pray that you would let this hit us right in the center of us. The center of you is where my center would be. No matter what shakes around me, I can't be shaken because I'm tied to the things that can't be 
removed and can't be shaken. I just can't be shaken. Someone steals my truck, can't be shaken. Imagine that. <laughs> can't be shaken. I know there's horrible situations that some of us are going through right now. I know there's sickness. I know there's financial struggle. I know these things. And I'm not just saying forget about it and like pretend it's not there. I'm not saying that. You can't, you can't really move on from it until we grab that river of life. Until we start drinking from it. And when you start drinking from it, suddenly, where everything seemed horrible... It's just life. That moment. Suddenly. Mr. Lord, I pray right now that that moment would embrace us and we would embrace it right now. In Jesus' almighty name. In, in the name of Jesus. We do these things. And we embrace this truth in this river. And we say in the name of Jesus, we drink from the river. We eat from the tree of life. We find ourselves in the center of who God is. In the name of Jesus. He made the way. And I follow in. And grab hold of the fullness that the Son grabbed hold of. In Jesus' name. Amen. I see dark clouds and a terrible gale over top of Columbus's ships. And I, and I feel the Lord is saying, the journey is to somewhere. And I speak over our situations. Every situation is represented here, and I say, the journey is to somewhere. The storms that are being endured, the gales that are uncontrollable and blowing us all over the place, they are not for nothing. This journey is to somewhere. And if Columbus was able to sail and discover a continent, what does God have in store for us? Where is God blowing us towards? Where is God taking us towards? So, Lord, I just speak out that faith over the situation that every individual is going through. We feel a lot of encouragement and faith right now, but I speak it also for Monday morning when we get out of bed and wonder, what is the point of all this? I say the journey is to somewhere. The journey is to a discovery. The journey is to a new land. The journey is to glory. The journey is to wonder. The journey is to excellence. We, we receive that from you, Lord. Just hearing the Lord um, talk to my heart a little bit about um, defilement on the journey. And I know that this journey can feel long and hard sometimes. And I know along the way sometimes we can become defiled just by the dust of the road and the pain and the sorrow that sometimes we encounter. And sometimes we have hopes that are not yet fulfilled and we haven't seen promises fulfilled yet. And that can sometimes bring disappointment into our lives. 
And I just have this picture of when God was getting ready to bring the Israelites into the promised land. And he, he shared with them all that was to come, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he even then was preparing a bride that was pure and spotless that he would someday dine with in heaven and dance with in heaven. And I, I kind of look at the Israelites and I think, how smelly must they have been? And how dirty must they have been wandering in the desert as long as they had? Uh, they warred against nations. Um, they marched around a wall. They probably didn't have deodorant. <laughs> um, and sometimes I think that's how we feel, that we've been wandering in the desert for a long time. And we've become dry and thirsty. And we know what God has promised us, but we haven't encountered it yet. And it seems like all we can see is the dirt on our bodies. And it seems like all we know is that those promises haven't been fulfilled. But I feel like today what God is saying is that he will wash us clean of the defilement as we enter into the river, as we come into his presence and we enter into those waters. He will anoint us with his oil and our cups will be full and running over. And, and the dirt of the desert will, will be washed off and the defilement of the journey will be lifted off our shoulders. And so today I just feel the great compassion of the Lord over you and I just want to say, don't let the hardships define for you who God is. Don't let the, the baggage that you've carried over the years define the goodness of God. Don't let what you have carried so far that has not yet been fulfilled define who God is. Today I feel that the Lord wants to lift off the burdens off of your shoulders and cleanse you of your defilement and define who He is, not based on the journey that you've had and on the circumstances that you've experienced and even on what other people have been speaking about who God is, but let Him define who He is for you. So I felt that I was just to pray a prayer of cleansing over you and a prayer of a sealing up of what you encountered today. Even if you don't think you've encountered anything, the Holy Spirit has been here and God is here. So I'm just going to pray for you today. And if you just really need a cleansing and a lifting of the burdens and you need those disappointments to be lifted off and today you need a redefinition of who God is not in the face of your circumstances but based on who he is just lift up your hands today and receive this Lord we come to you today and we receive your cleansing we come into the river of God and we wade deep we go deep into the river and Lord we let you wash us clean of the disappointments and the sorrows Lord and we take off the burdens, God, and we just let you cleanse us because we are going to be your pure and spotless bride. And God, where we have defined you so far by our experiences, we ask forgiveness. And right now, I just want to ask that you would bring your sword, Lord, that you, you divide between our soul and our spirit. 
that you would divide between our assumptions and what is truth about who you are. And God, I just feel you coming today and peeling open our brains and pulling out that which is not true and just pouring in your truth of who you are today, God. We receive your cleansing today. We let you lift off the burdens. We let you wipe off the dust. We let you blow away the tears and kiss our faces, God. We let you anoint our heads with oil and we let you open up our eyes to see the table that you prepared before us even in the presence of our enemies. We will not be defined by our circumstances. We will not be defined by the dust of the desert, but instead, God, we will stand in the river and we will declare that you are the God of promises fulfilled. You are the God who is yes and amen. And today we are defined by you and you alone. We are the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ, pure and spotless before you. Heal our minds, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would seal up this time, this beautiful presence of the river of God. Let it seep into our being. Let it settle deep into that place where you desire to dwell in us, God. I seal it up today. I will not allow the lies of the enemy to come and rob what has happened today. But instead, God, we say you will remain in our lives. Your truth, your hope, your grace, your peace, your mercy, your joy, and your covenant unto us. And we seal this up by the blood of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's just take a minute and stand up. And let's just sing this song together just to worship our God before we go into our tithe and our offering. We're going to do that in a minute. But let's just honor him with one last song of worship here. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, that's how we posture ourselves. Father, regardless of our circumstances and where we're at, we truly can come and rest in you, Father. Father, that is the solution. That is the answer. 
We can do nothing in our own strength, but we can rest in you, knowing that you have it. You're going to take care of it. That's who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It was interesting this morning in the pre-service prayer. I had a moment in pre-service prayer where God took me back to all these certain times in my life. And a lot of these times were not good times. They were hard times that I'd went through as a young kid all the way up. And so first of all, I want to say I want to thank Jesse for being willing to be vulnerable and to share his story. Because sometimes it's not easy to share our story. There's a lot of stuff in there, right? And sometimes in the midst of that journey, we just don't get it. It just doesn't, doesn't seem like it makes any sense at all along the way. And this morning, it was funny because I was sitting in the prayer room, and God was reminding me of all those circumstances. Today was one of the first times that I got to see him in a whole different light. Because I realized that in the midst of my adversity, Jesus was always active. He was always doing something. In fact, just like what Derek was sharing, it was almost like along my journey, he kept having me hit certain little things that turned me in this direction, another one in that direction, another one in that direction, thinking it was all so horrible and wrong. And then all of a sudden, one day, I'm sitting at the altar giving my life to Jesus Christ. I think he knows what he's doing. In fact, I even think he allows and creates circumstances to eventually get us to that place where we're truly going to find him and truly be made in the image of Christ. Amen.